everyone, and welcome to this installment of the California Employment News, a new series from Weintraub Tobin's Employment Group. I'm Megan Bainbridge, and with me is Lucas Clary. We're both strict shareholders in the Labor and Employment Group. Today, we'll be discussing the continued erosion of confidentiality clauses in settlement agreements and what employers can do about it. Lucas, why don't you provide us some background on how confidentiality provisions have historically been used in settlement agreements? Thanks, Megan. And I think a good starting point here is understanding why employers may want confidentiality clauses in settlement and severance agreements in the first place. So a settlement agreement is something that happens after an employee has asserted claims, maybe filed a lawsuit or asserted claims with a government agency, and you're looking to resolve those claims. A severance agreement, by contrast, is something that an employer uh, may offer at the conclusion of employment, uh, either because there are potential claims pending or just to be prudent. So employers will often want confidentiality clauses in these agreements uh, because they settle potential claims or offer severance to departing employees, even where they do not believe they did anything wrong. And sometimes it can just be a good business decision to avoid the costs and burden of defending a potential lawsuit that employers offer these settlement or severance payments in exchange for the employee releasing any and all possible claims. So in these instances, employers may want to prevent the employee from discussing the settlement for risk that it will encourage other employees to make similar allegations in the hopes of securing a similar payment. A confidentiality clause can help prevent that from happening. Also, if the document is kept confidential, employers uh, don't have to worry about being seen by others as potentially admitting to wrongdoing, um, whether there's wrongdoing or not. So there are a lot of reasons employers may want confidentiality clauses, but due to recent developments around this area of the law over the last several years, employers may not always be able to keep settlements and severance agreements confidential. Uh, before the last couple of years, where so much of employment law development was tied to the COVID-19 pandemic, the major source of change, both in society generally and in the employment field in particular, centered around the Me Too movement. So many laws were passed uh, arising from the Me Too movement that were aimed to curb out you know, workplace misconduct, such as sexual harassment, sexual assault, and sexual discrimination. Uh, one change that happened that directly impacts confidentiality agreements was beginning in 2019, claims of those nature could no longer be settled confidentially. If, if that was the, the basis of an employee's claim, you could not have a confidentiality clause in the settlement agreement. And that remains true today, but we're actually seeing it now expand. And Megan, why don't you talk a little bit about where we're going from here? Absolutely. So in 2021, the legislature did introduce legislation under SB331, and that expanded the restriction of confidentiality provisions to the settlement of all claims of discrimination, harassment, or retaliation based upon some sort of protected activity or membership to any sort of protected class. So those would be what we call kind of the FIHA um, allegations in California. It's important to note that employers can still prohibit um, disclosure of the amount of the settlement. The restrictions are focused entirely on the restrictions from employees talking about the facts that gave rise to the claims or at least alleged claims. SB331 also prohibits confidentiality and non-disparagement clauses in separation agreements if they have effect of silencing claims of harassment and discrimination. So if you're looking at um, having a, a separation agreement, it must include specific language that says Nothing in this agreement prevents you from discussing or disclosing information about unlawful acts in the workplace, 
such as harassment and discrimination or any other conduct that you have reason to believe is unlawful. So that's the language that has to be inserted in separation agreements uh, post 331. Separation agreements also must explicitly provide notice that an employee has the right to consult an attorney regarding the agreement before signing it. Further, it must provide employees at least five business days in which to consult with an attorney. So any advice, employer, uh, Lucas, for what employers should do in wake of these new restrictions? Yes, thanks, Megan. I think uh, that the biggest thing is if you're using a kind of template severance agreement right now, um, or if you're handling your own settlement agreement, oftentimes you're, you're working with legal counsel on a settlement agreement, but but with either of those documents, if you have a template one you use, you're going to want to make sure it gets updated to reflect the changes that Megan just mentioned. Um, you're going to want to work with legal counsel if you're unsure whether it's compliant. And then the big one is if you're offering these severance agreements, uh, these payments out to employees, make sure you do in fact hold that offer out open for those five days. It can be tempting often for employers to want real quick resolutions, but particularly if they're concerned about a claim. But if you don't give them those five days, if you don't hold it out for those five days, you may not have a binding agreement even if they sign it. So um, those would be the big points and takeaways moving forward. Thanks, Lucas. And thank you all so much for joining us on this episode of California Employment News. You can continue to find us by subscribing to our YouTube channel or on our blog at the lelawblog.com. We'll see you next time. Thank you.